0: Welcome to the magical world of Fitness Witchcraft. I'm your host, Emily Flood, and I created Fitness Witchcraft specifically to help witches and spiritual women to become mentally and physically healthy after trauma. On this podcast, you can expect to hear things from fitness and nutrition to deity work, channeling quantum healing spells, collapsing the timelines, and more because you get to become the person who combines their magic with every single aspect of your life. Okay, guys, this episode is seriously so good. You're going to want to bookmark it and come back to it because Yolanda's story is truly inspirational. And as a coach, as someone who's a business owner, something that I hear all the time is like, oh, I don't have enough followers to do this, or oh, I can't do this because of this reason, or excuses of why you can't either become healthy or why you can't make money. And Yolanda, like, has proved that you can absolutely come from nothing and create something truly phenomenal in your life. And so Yolanda's story, like she grew up like on reduced school lunches, eating 10 cent ramen. She was a a mom at 17 and now she's built two seven figure businesses, right? So truly the epitome of like, whatever you put your mind to, you can decide, right? And it's letting go of those beliefs that of all the externalizations for why it's not possible for you to either become healthy or to build the business or create or manifest whatever life you desire. And so I'm excited to share this episode with you guys also because, um, Yolanda and I have met in person, we connected again, this is just more of my, um, my continuing my magical manifestation since the beginning of the new year with, um, the really intensive, um, mindset and energetic shifts that I have made both within myself and within my business. And it's truly just been, um, attracting people. It's been attracting people to the warrior goddess program. I think we've had like 10 people join, join the program over the last two months. And it's been attracting like new friends and new connections and and just new people into my energy energetic field and I mean, it just proves that that everything that that we do here, it, it works, right? When you set that intention to change your life, when you set that intention to become the type of person who is healthy or become the type of person who manifests mad money as the name of Yolanda's podcast is, that you can truly and create some incredible results. So definitely enjoy this podcast. And then a couple of announcements before we get started here, um, the next round of my spirit guides and deity work 101 mini course is coming up on, we're going to start the week of March 18th. This is 2024. Here. And this was one of the most popular mini courses that I did all of last year. It was something where Morgan came in hot and she was like, Emily, you should teach a class straight on connecting people to their guides and their deities and teaching them how to do offerings and teaching them how to communicate with their guides without making it scary or something that you have to train for years to be able to do. And I was very reluctant to teach it at first, but it turned out to be the most popular mini course of all of 2023. And the results that clients got in that program were absolutely incredible because Aphrodite came in and helped clients release binge eating, release agoraphobia, different things like that. And Just the ripple of impacts that this program has had has been truly incredible because when you work with your guides, they help you to feel safe within your body. They help you to see things that you don't. And I mean, there's no limit to what your guides can help you with, right? And so you'll find the links to all of that in the show notes below, testimonials. And so that way you can sign up soon. And ooh, restarting your computer, your re- computer will start in 54 seconds to install updates. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I'm not going to edit that out just for authenticity's sake, but go ahead, enjoy the episode, check out the spirit guides mini course. And of course, all of the details below for the warrior goddess transformation program are in the show notes, including the, the new website that I have been working on for quite a while. And now enjoy this conversation with Yolanda. Welcome back to another episode of Witchy Wellness with Em. And today we have a special guest with us here today. We have Yolanda Boyerin, and she is an expert in simplifying sales psychology and infusing it with content creation for coaches and course creators. And I think one of my favorite things about Yolanda is that She doesn't have like a super big social media following. And so she's teaching other people that you can make shit tons of money without needing to grow a a giant social media, which I think is like the biggest like barrier to entry with people starting businesses. So we're gonna talk about magic and psychology and sales and all of the things, but welcome Yolanda. And I would love if you could kind of introduce yourself for for
1: everyone, because you have a pretty epic story. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love, love, love your energy and what you stand for and everything that you're teaching. So I'm excited to be here. So where do you want me to start? Like I want, because I have seen your TikTok about this, about like
0: where you, like where you used to be before you started the business, because I think like that, that was a huge, like it was like an identity shift for you. Huge to go from that to making like the multiple six figures in your business, approaching seven figures that you make now. And I think that would be really powerful for people to hear like where you started.
1: Yeah. So, okay. I grew up in a small town in Texas. I had a mom who was a single mom of three kids And my brother and my sister were much older than me, but we lived in a two-bedroom house that had seven people in it. And so the reason I share that is I had zero signs of abundance, the possibilities of creating abundance. It it was just not in in my world, in my reality. And I just remember as a very young kid, I think I was about four or five years old. You know, my mom really couldn't afford a lot of things. Um, the only way that I was able to eat was I had to go to my grandmother's house for breakfast. She would then take me to school. I was on reduced lunch, which was like 50 cents a day. And then, um, I would eat dinner at my grandma's and my mom, she, um, She would have a cup of coffee at work because it was free. If she could find 25 cents to go to the vending machine for, you know, a bag of chips, that was her lunch. And then dinner she ate at my grandma's. And I mean, we were so broke. My mom would put foil on the windows. And you live here in Texas, you know, especially during the summer, like it gets so hot. We could not put the AC or the heat on at all. We just couldn't afford it. And so we would have to take cold showers before bed just to cool off, just to try to get to sleep because it was so hot in the house. And so at four or five years old, I remember going to the store with my mom. And every time I asked for something, she was like, we can't afford that. And I remember this like dollar, it was a, a dollar little magazine of like paper cutout toys. And I was like, mom, I want this. And she was like, we can't afford it. And I remember in that moment telling myself, I am never going to live like this again. Like I am going to be the girl that gets everything she wants when she grows up. And that was the identity shift. And people always talk about like, wow, at four and five years old, you know, but I think I was just experiencing so much poverty that it was just like, I don't, I don't want this. So fast forward to age 16, I met my husband who is originally from the Ukraine. We met in high school. We fell in love. I got pregnant very quickly, and we wound up um, living in low-income apartments together. We really didn't have a whole lot of food. We used WIC to get my son formula. Um, We were living off of ramen noodles because they were 10 cents a pack at the time. I don't know what they are now. But I just remember thinking, like, this cannot be... My life. This cannot be my life. So I gave birth at 17 and I just started being really intentional about my mindset and where I was going and mm-hmm. what I was going to accomplish and what I was going to consciously manifest. And everything started changing. At 21, I bought my first house. At 25, I started making multiple six figures a year. I built a seven figure um, business in real estate and then now i'm on my second seven figure business in the coaching world
0: yeah and that story is so powerful because nowhere in that story did you like shift into like that victim mindset of like this is why my life sucks capitalism this capitalism that like it, it's it's my mom's fault or it's it's you know it's it's the government's fault and like you decided to become the person who could give yourself everything that you wanted and i think like that's that's really like the shift that I feel like people have to make. And I know you also coach people like going through this. And so how do you help people make that transition from like money is hurting me to like money can, I can create more money and money can be the solution.
1: I think one of the biggest things for me is I always ask ask myself, how am I responsible for where I'm currently at, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the biggest shift is like, Like you said, instead of blaming, it's easy to blame somebody outside of you. And then we stay stuck and then Mm -hmm. nothing changes. But if we say, wait a minute, what if I was actually responsible for the results that I'm creating, then I have nobody to blame but me. So what can I do to change that? Can I show up in a different way? Can I look for new opportunities? One of my favorite quotes is we prefer familiar hells over unknown heavens because Mm -hmm. it's so scary (laughs) to try the unknown. Right. But if you don't try, it's kind of like, well, I mean, are you just going to keep settling for, for what life is throwing at you? Yeah.
0: And it's, this lines up so much with like the neuroscience that I coach my clients with, because like, uh, we know that whatever we've gone through before hasn't killed us, right? You, that you living on 10 cent ramen didn't kill you. And so it's safe to continue doing that because you know that you can survive that. You suddenly deciding to start make a business and make hundreds of thousands of dollars, thats you might die doing that according to survival brain and everything. And so I think that like. It's like people, like, like you said, they the familiar is, is comfortable for them, and because they know that whatever they've gone through hasn't killed them. But it's like that that jump of going from what's logical of like if you grew up in poverty, staying in that poverty cycle, being the logical thing that jump into
1: trusting your desires and your intuition. Yeah, one thousand percent. There was something else I was going to say about this, and it completely fled my mind. But yeah, the reality is when you look at your circumstance. Like when you look at everything in your room, you have created this, you have attracted this. And I think that when we can say, this is is not good enough, and that's okay that you're there right now, right? But it's Mm -hmm. not good enough that you wanna stay there. And eventually the comfortable becomes uncomfortable. I remembered what I was gonna say. One of the biggest things that I always say to my clients is, We always fear the unknown because we look at money as our survival, right? Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to like starting a business or um, taking a chance on yourself or, or looking to create something new, especially, you know, with me being a sales coach, people are always like, but what if it doesn't sell? But what if my business fails? But what if this, but what if that? And for me, I always think about it like this. Even if you are homeless, mm-hmm. you, you will, will not never, die. You will, well, but you will never have your last dollar. Yeah. Think about it. Like, like, even if you are homeless, even if you had to stand on the corner of the street and beg, you would still receive money. Yeah. But you yeah. would also, m- a majority of people think that's what's going to happen. I'm going to yeah. live under a bridge, but you would get resourceful before that happened. You this, would go work at McDonald's if you needed to. You would go be a stripper if you need to. Like, you would get resourceful. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it's like, it's that resourcefulness that I think across the board, whether, you know, as a health coach, right. Or, or as a a business coach, like that, those are the types of people who, who get those results because I see like, even with health clients, like the ones who like, kind of run away when the second that things get a little difficult to go back to the safe zone, they stay in that yo-yo dieting cycle and they stay in that cycle of not getting results. And like, I've also seen in like business coaching programs that I've been in, like same thing, like the second it gets uncomfortable, people run away. Whereas like the people who lean into coaching and like lean into support and be like, okay, what I'm going through right now with, with money or health or family or whatever is scary as shit. And I've invested in the support and I am all in on myself and my goals. And I know I'm going to get there, even if it's scary.
1: Yeah. You know, I hope it's okay to talk about this. Um, But this, uh, you know, that I participate in plant medicine ceremonies all the time. Yes, we could talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So I use this as my example. I have sat with multiple plant medicines, um, ayahuasca being the one that I sit with the most. And. My very last ceremony was my Mm -hmm. toughest ceremony I have ever been through. We did three back to back, but night one started out really horrible. I mean, like once the medicine started kicking in, my mind started, I started having lots of horrible memories, lots of like traumatic things coming up and I started fighting it, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was like in my head, like, you, you can fight this, you can fight this, like sober up, you know, I want the medicine out of me, like what can you do to like drink some water, try and flush it out your system, something, which is not how it works, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but in my mind, I was like, what can I do? And then I took a step back and I reminded myself, Yolanda, you are safe. You are mm-hmm. safe. And these things are coming up for a reason for you to process, but you are safe. The really interesting thing um, is that when I started telling myself that I was safe, all of a sudden I had the most beautiful experience that night, Mm -hmm. crying tears of joy, like feeling so much love. But it was like I had to remind myself, lean into the discomfort. Don't fight it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like the foundation of what I
0: do with my clients is like creating that energetic level of safety because when you're not fighting it anymore and you just remind yourself that you're safe, even with triggering and traumatic emotions and everything coming up, like then it's
1: easier to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. And I do want to say like I can empathize with your clients because I suffered from anorexia since I was 11 to I want to say about 32, 33 is when I really started, you know, like getting right. And I remember being so afraid of, you know, what if I eat that and I gain this and what if I, you know, what, what if, so I can empathize with it. And I know it's a very tough journey, but we are all capable of doing those difficult things.
0: Yeah. And so what is it like for you on the other side of that? Like being able to trust yourself around food and like feel safe with your body.
1: Well, it's been a very long journey. And, you know, I think I'm still working through a lot of things, Mm -hmm. um, especially being in that for so long. But I will say, like, I recently had a conversation with my husband, we went to St. Lucia for his birthday, Mm. like a couple months ago. And I remember him saying, man, you're just, it's so different to travel with you now. He was like, we would go places and you would skip breakfast and you would skip lunch and then you would you know push around your salad at dinner and i would be miserable the whole time i would be miserable because my moods were all you know my hormones were crazy my and it's like it feels like freedom it feels like oh okay like i can eat that thing i can enjoy my life and not have it impact me in that big of a way
0: yeah yeah and when speaking about this i think a question just kind of popped to mind because I know like my clients, you know, when they're, whether they're releasing binge eating and they're looking to lose a lot of weight or whether they're recovering from anorexia and looking to gain a a little healthy amount of weight. Like, I think that one of the fears comes up is that when they change their partner won't like them anymore. Mm. And so what has that been like for you? Like how has like kind of recovering, how has that changed your relationship with your husband?
1: You know, I don't think like he's never been somebody who um, has felt like I need to be stick thin. And -hmm. in fact, he shared with me um, maybe about a year ago, he was like, you know, you being that skinny, when I look back at that, he's like, it's not the most attractive thing because like I really took it. If I showed you some pictures, like I really took it to the extreme. Yeah. Um, And so I think he's actually happier, one, because I'm enjoying life with him and Mm -hmm. I can the nachos with him and eat the pizza or you know whatever we decide but also he loves that I'm healthy now. Yes. He tells me that all the time. He, I love mm-hmm. that you're healthy and he actually tells me that he loves a fuller body. So I think, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate with that cuz I know maybe yeah. not everybody is dealing with something like that but I'm very fortunate with that. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful reminder to like listeners who might be struggling with something
0: like that 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 your partner, like, they will love you. They want you to be
1: healthy, you know? Yeah. When I feel like when you are truly in love with somebody, to me, right, like, body doesn't matter. Body, Mm -hmm. like, you know, my husband has been all sorts of sizes. I've been all sorts of sizes. It hasn't made me find him less attractive or more attractive. It's just he's him and I'm happy that he's here with me. Yes. Yes. Oh,
0: Okay, and like on that note, that's kind of like segueing. Like, what role do you feel like authenticity plays in your life and your business, and maybe even the way that you you market yourself online?
1: Oh, <laughs> you and I like have had numerous conversations about yes. this. So <laughs> I love this question. Authenticity to me is the most important thing. I always have this saying that. Well, let me just say, like one of my uncles used to say, we lie to the people that we love because we don't want to hurt them. And I always say a couple of things. One, I respect myself too much to lie, you know, for myself. And then I respect Mm -hmm. you as a human too much to lie to you. And then another one of my quotes that I always say is, hurt me with the truth. Don't comfort me with a lie. So when it comes to authenticity, I am... I am all about it. I'm all about like, let's put the junk on the table. Let's celebrate the wins, but let's also put the messiness on the table as well. Yeah. And I always feel like when we are showing up in our business, it is really easy to try to portray a different version of ourselves. But mm-hmm. then what happens is people hire us based on who we portrayed ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. And then they get in our containers and they're like, this is not the person for me because we were false advertising the entire time. Yeah. So I'm just like, let's just put it all out on the table. Absolutely. And I, that
0: applies to fitness. And I think every coach in the industry too, because, you know, when I was more in like the bodybuilding space of like normal fitness coaching, like I was meeting some fellow fitness coaches and like, they were scared to eat a burger. And yet on their social media, they were talking about food freedom and like, oh, I look this way and I can eat whatever I want. And it's like, oh, but that's not the reality at all if they're scared of eating a burger. And so then whatever, you know, nutrition plan they're putting their clients through is going to be just as restrictive and probably induce just as much fear around burgers and foods. It's, I mean, it it becomes so important to really kind of take a a closer look
1: at like people's social medias and, and lives. And I always think that who resonates with perfection, right? Like nobody resonates with perfection. I want to know that you have a similar mindset to me. I want to know that you're going through tough times just like me. I want to know the human in you that had to overcome obstacles because if you had no obstacles to overcome, then we're not relatable. Like I I can't relate to you. Just this morning on my um, stories right before we hopped on here, I was talking about The things that people see right now, which is my business, like just catapulting. But what they don't see are the tears behind the scenes. And Mm -hmm. what they don't see is the people projecting onto me and saying mean things. And they don't see the fears that come up at every new level. Like those are the things that we, you know, that I feel like we should be opening up about.
0: Yeah. And,
1: Yes, the the life that's not just the glam and the
0: perfection. I think what just kind of came to mind is I think that sometimes people hire those coaches that have the perfected image because they want to maintain that perfected image because they're scared of what is underneath their own authenticity.
1: Yeah, they're buying a lifestyle and you know, I made a post about this when you're when you're tired of hiring the coach that talks about just being in the vibe and you're looking for something <laughs> real, like I I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be right here.
0: Yeah. And so I know we were, we were just talking about this earlier, but you and I have both hired some coaches where the image looked good and like the promises looked really good. And then we get into the coaching container and it's like, but the, the fuck did I just buy? And yeah. so maybe, maybe the listeners could like learn from our mistakes a little bit when it comes to hiring coaches and like, how, what do you do now? Like, how do you determine now who might be a good coach for you when you're looking for one? Like, how do you determine if the vibe is real or or what?
1: So, okay. Yeah. I was, I feel like I was bamboozled a little bit. Um, I hired someone now, you know, every circumstance, again, me taking responsibility for everything that I, that I do, Everything that I have invested in, I've always asked myself, how can I get a return on investment? Mm -hmm. So even though it wasn't the best fit for me, I still feel like I walked away with an understanding of certain things and a realization. So I do want to say that, but I think I'm more selective and cautious in the sense of the current mentor that I've hired that has been incredible – it took me 3 months to hire her versus mm-hmm. before I hired someone based on just their content versus having a real conversation with them and kind of you know and and being um what do I like like shiny shiny object syndrome yes. like looking at the the income claims right and yes not knowing at that time a lot of people and i i don't know if this is true for for those experiences that i had but not knowing that a lot of people inflate their numbers and i had mm-hmm. no clue that you know again i'm such an authentic person like i'm putting my stuff out there that's real and so i think i'm just extra cautious and what i've noticed is there are a lot of people who are really good at saying the right things mm-hmm. basically they're a good marketer but they don't necessarily know how to get you a result. And for me, that's a very big difference. Yes,
0: yes. They have the results themselves, but can they necessarily coach people
1: on how to get it? Hmm. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's what I pride myself in is that my clients are coming to me making actual sales and money because one of the things that I hear all the time is Yolanda, I've been in this coaching space for years and I've never learned the strategies The sales Mm -hmm. tactics, the marketing that you, I've nobody has ever gone this in depth.
0: Yes. And I, what you were saying of like, even if you join a program of like, and you're like, oh shit, this maybe wasn't the best investment, you always make sure to get your return on investment. That is a mindset that I love because I actually just joined a mini program. And when I went to the first coaching call, it was like all hot seat coaching. And I kind of realized very quickly, I was like, oh, everyone in here is I thought was going to be kind of like the industry leader of like knowing what they were doing and everyone was getting on that call and just like help me help me, help me vibes And I realized like my ROI from that program was like realizing like, shit Emily, you're a better coach than you give yourself credit for and sometimes um I was talking about being delulu and delusional with my clients last night, but I think sometimes we're delulu and thinking that other people, are better than us and know and know how to coach these skill sets. So I was like, "Dang, like okay, I guess maybe I had to pay a thousand dollars to learn that, but valuable oh. return on investment."
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, it's so funny. Like I had that same conversation with someone yesterday about being Delulu, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like we have that grass is greener mentality. Like the grass yeah. is greener on the other side, and then you get on the other side and you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I no, my grass was really green." <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I don't know what it's like for you, but I know for me, when I've been interested in hiring a coach, I really do value the sales calls. And I know there's so many like coaches on Instagram that are bragging. I don't do sales calls. I don't talk to people. And it's like, for me, especially since I work with so many intuitive women and like witches and spiritual women, like I feel like we feel it in our bodies when it's right for us. And like, I have kind of bought programs out of fear before or like feeling like I needed them Um And it's just been such like a difference when I feel that like trust in my body of maybe I'm still nervous about making the investment, right? But it's like that like good kind of like steadiness and like intuition, like after speaking to them instead of like feeling anxious the rest of the day about it. And so I wonder what that's like for you when you're kind of talking to someone when you know that it's the right move versus like maybe they're not the right fit.
1: You know, I don't hop on sales calls a whole lot with other coaches but mm-hmm. i do sales calls myself and one of the things that when every i think especially last year everybody was bashing sales calls yeah. and i made a post about that's your ego mm-hmm. that's your ego because you don't like being rejected <laughs> yeah if i'm going to pay someone thousands of dollars yeah i would want them to be willing to take the time to talk to me. Absolutely. As a human, you know, and I think another thing that people don't realize with sales calls, I'm sure you have this as well, is that I don't invite everybody to work with me. Mm-mm. Just the other day, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Wednesday, it was two days ago, I got on a call with somebody we started the conversation and I quickly realized this is not somebody that I personally want to work with. It's not a good fit for me. And yeah. so if I'm just signing clients just to sign clients, that's just going to end badly for me. I've had way too many instances with that, you know, where it's like, oh, Yolanda, like you can help, you, you can help her. And it's like, No, not everybody's a good fit for me, and I'm not a good fit for everyone. And I think that gives us the opportunity, like you said, to connect and feel in our body is this the right move on both parts? Mm -hmm. And also, one of the things that I hate hearing from people when they come to me is they're like, Well, I don't want to convince anybody to work with me. Well, Sales calls are not about convincing. Yeah. They're about understanding what's going on with the person. And do you have the solution? You're not mm-hmm. there to say, you're ready. You're like, that's convincing. And nobody buys from convincing. You know, I'm not a political person. But if somebody was a Democrat, they're not going to convince a Republican to become no. a Democrat. Like, it just it doesn't work. It's Sales calls are about seeing if you're a good fit, but also showing the person the value in what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so why don't you
0: talk to t- tell the listeners a little bit more about like what you do, especially with like, I th- it's so unique, like how you show people to, to market and like leverage, like smaller social media sizes, because I've got some clients who like, they're starting little businesses and everything. And I think that's probably like the biggest, like the block that they feel like they have is like their social media isn't big enough.
1: hmm. Yeah. So I actually specialize in working with people. Now, people with more than 10,000 followers hire me all the time because they're not getting the sales that I mm-hmm. am. But I actually <laughs> specialize in helping people with less than 10,000 followers make sales because I am that person. I have 2,500 followers and I make 60 to 70K per month consistently now. And- Cash. Yes, cash, cash. Mm-hmm. I don't count the sales. Um, That is cash. And um, we're projecting 1 million cash this year is is what we're projecting. And so when it comes to sales, a majority of people kind of going back to like people saying, I don't want to convince somebody. Well, I think that's the narrative is people are trying to convince in their content. So Mm -hmm. then it leads to no sales. You're not showing yourself as the expert, but also... There's a very key process that is happening inside of your brain when you are making a purchase, Mm -hmm. and that purchase can be $5, it can be $5,000, it can be $500 million, the price does not matter, but your brain is going through this very strategic process when purchasing, and if you start out and do it backwards, I'll of course explain the process, but if you do it backwards... What winds up happening is unconsciously, your audience or your ideal client winds up saying, maybe now's not the right time. Mm. Maybe this isn't the right fit. Or let me think about it. Or I have to talk to my spouse. Or, you know, all of the the excuses to just get off the call with you. Now, of course, this is still going to happen no matter what, because, you know, I mean, people are people. However, the brain is a very logical brain. Before Mm -hmm. it steps into the emotional process. And so many people are selling from an emotional standpoint because you've heard emotions sell. And that's so incorrect. The brain needs a tangible thing. So the very first process of this buying process is your brain connects to a visual. Mm -hmm. Now, if I were to walk into Chanel or Louis Vuitton and spend $5,000 on a purse, that's a lot of money, but to my brain, I get to walk out of the store with that person's hand. Mm, so it's an object. It. Yes. yes, it's tangible. It's in my hand. I can touch it. Mm-hmm. When we're selling coaching, whether it's fitness, yes. whether it's business, we don't have that. they're they're exchanging their income. They're exchanging their money with you in hopes that they will get the result, right? Mm-hmm. So it is your job. To make your offer as tangible as possible, to make your offer stand out, to make your offer say, this is the thing that I'm getting in exchange for my money. Yeah. Then your brain goes to what's called auditory digital, which is your internal dialogue. The conversation you're having with yourself about the visual thing that you just saw, right? Like, Like, hmm? if if I'm in Chanel oh my gosh, I love this purse. Oh my gosh. It's so amazing. It's so beautiful. I can I can imagine myself wearing this. Mm-hmm. And then we go to what's called kinesthetic, which is the emotion. That's the feeling. Mm-hmm. And the emotion is the last piece. Like, do I believe in myself that this is going to be the thing for me. Do I mm-hmm. do I feel good about this? Does it feel like M is the person for me? Does it feel like it's possible? Yeah. And whether we have a positive or a negative reaction to that is when we buy. But yeah. again, notice that the emotion was the very last piece of that. And so mm-hmm. 90 I'm going to go out on a limb and say 95% of people online are marketing the incorrect way. Yes.
0: Yes. And I I see it all the time. And I have a phrase that I like to use is like ethereal bullshit, like people selling confidence and people selling just straight magic and straight vibes. And like, I used to think that all those people were making tons of money. And then you actually kind of get into business a little bit and you're like, oh, they're not making any money because there's nothing for the brain to attach to. It's not logical. Like as as, as much as I'm a witch and as much as I love magic, I am not going to buy someone's straight up like I'm just going to teach you how to do magic program because I don't see how it's logical and how it will help me to either make money to to improve my health or to have a better relationship because it's so ethereal, my brain doesn't attach to it.
1: Yeah, 1,000%. And then that's when people don't buy. And you know, I get people come to me all the time and they say, Yolanda, I want to sell self-love. I want to teach self-love. I want to teach confidence. And I'm like- What results do you have from that? (laughs) Well, but I also say like, what is- I mean, that's, that's a tool to getting something, something. yeah. somebody's just going, people are not just going to say, I have a confidence issue. Let me pay you thousands of dollars no. when they could go pick up a book, when they could go listen to a podcast for free. Like yeah. that's not an investment that is worth it to people. Do they, does everybody want to be confident? Of course. Does everybody want to feel good in their, in their body with self-love? Of course. But the human brain is actually like, what's in it for me? What do yes. I gain out of that? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to be confident? For some people, it's like
0: they they want to be confident so that they feel good in their bodies and they, they want health coaching. Some people want to be confident so they make more money. Some people want to be
1: confident so that they can date again, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because that's the one question I always ask my clients when they tell me. Well, I want to talk to people like this, and I'm like, okay, so that they can do what? Yeah. And recently, I had someone say, Yolanda, you are so confident. If if you ever put out a program on how to be confident, I want to buy it. And I was like, Well, you wouldn't <laughs> let me tell you. I would never put out a program on how to be confident because it won't yeah. sell. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like when
0: people are your clients, they're like, oh my gosh, like I would totally do this. But then when you actually put the program out, they don't because it's that that brain thing that you think of. And so I think this is really good for for listeners here and everything because I know I have so many witchy and like spiritual clients and and everything. And so if you're thinking about starting that business, like think about the tangible result that you're going to sell, not just magic
1: 1000%.
0: Because even though it works, because it's evidently worked for both of us, it's gotten us tangible results that then we've gone on to show people the strategy of how to get beyond just the manifestation.
1: Well, here's how I look. Yes, 1,000%, right? But we both knew that we needed to work on our mindset, our beliefs, yes. and you know our vibration, if you will, because we wanted something, mm-hmm. not because we just wanted to elevate our vibration. It yeah. was like, because we wanted something. And so when you think of it like this, Mercedes, why does Mercedes sell? Mercedes sells because they're giving you a tangible thing, a vehicle, a car Mm -hmm. to get from point A to point B. But you could go get a Toyota or a Honda Civic for a third of the price of a Mercedes to get you from point A to point B. So Mercedes is filling the tangible result, but then they are selling you status, which is the Mm -hmm. emotion. So here they are completing the whole buying cycle, the buying process by giving you a tangible with the status. And so they're connecting that, right? So that's how we have to look at it is big brands are, are even aware of this. They're, they pay millions of dollars to get the right advertising, to get the right feel for their things, right? Like and no shame to anybody who, who uses these services, but a payday loan advertises very different than American express will. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're, but they're both advertising a tangible thing based on your emotion of where you're at.
0: Mm, yes. Yeah. And I love how you give those examples just to make it uh, more tangible for people. And so what, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but like the mindset shifts that, that you had to make and everything, um, I guess now we can get a little bit more witchy. Like what rituals did you bring into your life or how did your like daily routines change that helped you to shift into like the the type of person that you are now making, set to make seven figures this year?
1: Yeah, uh, I love this question because I know that a lot of people don't like this phrase. I had to fake it till I made it in my mm-hmm. in my own mind. You know yeah. what I mean? So like the neighborhood that I currently live in, I remember I used to drive here and dream about living here. I used to go to the gas station here and I would say, this is going to be my gas station. I live right down the road. And I would shop, even though at the time I lived an hour away I would actually shop at Mm -hmm. the store that I shop at now. Well, my husband shopping, but you know, the grocery store, and we would go to restaurants here and we would just act as if we lived here. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a lot of the thing is just like, like you called it, being DeLulu and just immersing yourself in the feeling of, I deserve this. There's no reason why I shouldn't have this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's,
0: it lines up exactly with like the mindset shift that I had over like the last two months, because I started to ask myself the question, like, Emily, what if you just started acting like the industry leader? Because in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm not good enough. People are doing so much better than me and everything. And I just like told myself, pause. What if you just started acting like the industry leader? And like that small shift of me just like asking myself that question every day, how could I act like an industry leader today? I mean, that caused a ripple effect. And then I started to see like, oh shit, everyone already sees me as this. But I was so like in my own bubble that I couldn't see it. And then that's opened me up to so many more opportunities. And heck, like you reached out and we created a friendship after that, you know?
1: Yeah. when that, You know, it's so funny because that same thing happened to me last year. Like we've yeah. talked about this in the sense of last year at the beginning of the year, I think I was kind of, I think I was kind of in a little bit of a victim mode. Like I was yeah. like... I'm so good at what I do. Why are these people like I'm meeting people who have less value to give and they're making way more money than me? And it was making me angry. And I was kind of throwing myself a little bit of pity party. And then towards the end of last year, I was like, something's gotta change. And Mm -hmm. when that changed, my whole attitude changed. The way that I started showing up changed. And What's interesting is I have people messaging me consistently now over the last probably 4 or 5 months and they're like what did you do because <laughs> you are showing up with a very different energy.
0: Mhm. And I mean that's it, right? It's it sounds so simpler, simple like for the listeners and everything, but when you just decide to make that shift and decide to start showing up like as the person who who's already made a, a million dollars right you start showing up as the person who already has the healthy fit body or or the industry leader that does shift your energy and that does impact how people around you perceive you and and their behavior towards you and of course it impacts how you feel about yourself and then when you feel differently about yourself you take different actions you're you're going to feel safer walking into the gym instead of feeling like you're you don't know what you're doing and you don't belong because you're already acting like that person who, who has those results. And it's, so it becomes so much easier to take those steps towards reaching your goal. And then it happens.
1: Yeah. You know, what I think of is like for people who have ever lost weight, right? Like, let's say you want to lose, I don't know, let's just throw on a number. Let's say you want to lose 20 pounds. Well, when you lose five pounds all of a sudden you start showing, you you feel better about yourself Mm -hmm. and you start buying new clothes and you start looking at yourself differently in the mirror. Did you lose the whole 20 pounds? No, but that five pounds of progress has started making you show up and believe in yourself Mm -hmm. have the confidence. Like, you know, that's a a big shift. And so it really doesn't have to start with anything huge. It's like, no, just, just change the way you see yourself maybe wake up and it doesn't matter what you wear like whatever makes you feel good whatever makes you feel confident whatever makes you feel sexy you don't have to have your hair all dolled up and you know like I talk about half the time I'm in my gym clothes and my slippers at home but yes. like that's that's what I feel confident in a majority of the time every now and then I'll dress up but it's doing the things that make you feel good yeah absolutely
0: and i mean that's where I bring witchcraft in with my clients because it helps them to feel good and it helps them to feel like their authentic self is, is accepted and matters. And of course, that's so important for reaching any goal, like whether it's business or health or or, or relationships is that you can be yourself while you're doing it. Yeah. 1000%. That's the
1: only thing that matters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so I know you have, um, oh yeah. And so I did want to ask like what little, like do you, do you use visualization? Do you use, um, I know you talked about plant medicine, what other little, um, magical or energetic practices do you use in your life?
1: So I used to do a lot of visualization. I feel like Mm -hmm. I want to get back into it, but you know, I think sometimes we let our practices fade. Oh Um, so I used to use a lot of visualization. I am a big proponent of scripting. Um, journaling out, like Mm -hmm. as if your life is already here. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I've scripted that I'm a multimillionaire and traveling the world and, you know, all the things.
0: And here you are going to France in a couple of weeks and set to make your first million. Well, not first, you've already made a million. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: but yeah, it's, uh, plant medicine for sure. I microdose. I, Mm -hmm. I do microdose consistently. Um, that really helps me. It helps me create new neural pathways. It helps my yes. creativity. Um, I also am somebody who has ADHD, so it helps me kind of focus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't, I'm not a big meditation person. I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday. They were like, you have to. And I was like, it's just not my thing. Um, and then I used to have my big altar and do all of my rituals. Um, I feel like I'm kind of at this weird space right now where it's like, I'm just doing the bare minimum. It's almost like I'm I'm navigating this new crossroads in my spirituality and in my journey. And this year, you and I had this conversation, I think. This year, I feel like I just want to be in the 3D. I just want to really play in the human realm and just like explore that and be fine with that.
0: Yeah, and I think- that's so important. And I see a lot of times spiritual people out there, they're just up in like the etheric and everything. And it's like, well, we are human and we're living in a 3D world. And so we have to br- bring things back in a tangible way. And so all of your practices should be supporting your 3D life and not just living out a fantasy world.
1: Yeah, 1000%. And I think, you know, again, like I think the last. I don't know. I want to say maybe eight, 10 years. I've been in this like deep spiritual healing and and um, journey. And now I'm just like, I just want to live a little bit. Yeah. I just want to enjoy. I just want to have fun. I mean, because that's also part of the spiritual experience that
0: you can be present in in your own body and in your own life. Yeah. 1000%. Yeah. Mm, I love this. Okay. And so what advice would you have for anyone who is maybe like they they know they want to start a business. They've got no idea where to start. Like they're kind of scared. Like what would you say to people who are on that fence and kind of in that beginning stage?
1: My real advice, and this is not a sales pitch, truly. My real advice is, first of all, life is always happening. So if you're waiting for the right moment, stop. You have to create that. It's it, mm-hmm. Life is always going to throw something at you. It's never going to feel good. It's never going to feel easy. But in my opinion, if you don't know, if you're starting a business and you don't know about marketing and sales, hire someone. This isn't to say that you need to hire me, but you need to hire someone. And I'll share this statistic. They say that a majority of male-owned businesses that start, I forgot the percentage, but it's far outweighs female-owned businesses as far as lasting. And what they say the difference is, Is not that women are less capable. It's that men know when you're starting a business, there's an investment that goes along with it. So Mm -hmm. men will go and raise the capital, whether they're taking out a loan or whether they're using their own money or whether they're raising it from friends, whatever, investors. Whereas women do this thing of like, I can't take away from my family. I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, I I should be taking my family on vacation or I should be doing this or it's not right or I don't want to and we have to stop looking at it at it like that we have to look at what do i stand to gain nobody invests or starts a business looking to lose money you're looking to get a return on investment but if you're already going into it with it's not worth it for me to invest in then how far do you think you're going to get yeah absolutely and i see that you know with with everything with health with relationships
0: with with business coaching and everything is that there are skill sets that you need to learn right i think we have this mindset of like oh i should be able to do it by myself but it's like there's so like so much psychology that goes into not just sales but but marketing and like the all of like the little nitty-gritty details of like how to set up a sales page like how to market yourself on social media those are skill sets that we have both spent time learning and it's like the same thing with with health coaching it's like you shouldn't know how to, to eat and do all of this because diet culture has set us up to be very confused about all of this. And there are skill sets that you learn for your health that we didn't learn in school. And it's like, I know like for me, like my clients, like th- who, who are moms, like they feel that like feelings like, Oh, I shouldn't take away from my family, except then they get into the program and they learn the tools that then help them to impact their kids on a deeper level. And like, I know for you, like, didn't you mention that you like bought your son a house? no no like you bought him a car yeah see and like you never would have been able to do that if you've been so worried about like taking away time from him like spending time away from him in the beginning yeah
1: i bought my son a brand new car um brand new off the lot um and my grandson we have a three-year-old grandson Mm -hmm. um we started an investment account for him uh during christmas and like those are the things that i'm like wow like you know i was able to do this because of the chances i took on myself yes
0: yes and it, it is like that delulu chances i think like for me it's all, i always like have a bunch of logical reasons of like okay well it won't work because of this or it's not the right time because of this and it's like once you realize that you will always have those logical reasons for why it's not the right time or why it won't work then you get to become the type of person who leans more on their intuition and and what you feel is the right move for you yeah 1000% Yeah. This has been such a fun conversation. I would love, um, I mean, definitely tell us where everyone can find you. And then like any last words that you would like to leave the listeners with.
1: I think the last words would just be, like I said, like life is always happening, but you get to, if you understood your power and you Mm -hmm. understood what's actually available to you, when you start taking responsibility, so much will change um and thank you for having me this was so fun I always yes. love your energy um and you can find me on Instagram at Yolanda Boyerin. my podcast is manifest mad money and my website is manifestmadmoney.com. yes yes oh we'll we'll pop that podcast and all of that down there in in the show notes and
0: everything mm-hmm. and then I'll be seeing you soon on your podcast yes I'm so excited <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Everyone get out there, do all of the strong girl shit, lift some heavy weights. And just like Yolanda just said, remember just how innately magical and powerful you all already are. Thanks for listening to another episode of witchy wellness with him. I'm on a mission to change the game with health and fitness coaching through adding in all of this mindset work you hear on the podcast. So if you love the show, please help me out by leaving a review. Remember mindset alone won't get you to your goals, but when you combine it with action and strategy, you're limitless.